it to my attention. Uh, she was listening to KFI, which is a news talk station in L.A., and uh, she was telling me that every time she hears a story talking about the coronavirus, there's a musical intro using Down With The Sickness. So I thought, what better song to use for one of our coronavirus-themed episodes of Not In The Mood? Welcome back. I'm your host, Daryl Moody. That's exactly what we're talking about today, the coronavirus, more specifically the COVID-19 vaccine and whether or not there should be a COVID-19 vaccine passport, something that allows you to uh, travel freely uh, by proving that you've been vaccinated or making it easier for you to interstate a crowded arena to watch a sporting event, that sort of thing. So uh, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know I've kind of debated with whether or not I was going to actually get the vaccine. Uh, And I can tell you that I have had my first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, It was after quite a bit of uh, internal debate that I decided to do that. And uh, the reason I did it was for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, let me be very clear. I did not get vaccinated because I was in fear for my own safety from the coronavirus. I uh, feel pretty confident in my uh, own self-defenses, my immune systems, uh, and and my own ability to kick a virus like that. Uh, As I said before, my younger sister had it and recovered. I feel like if she could do it, I can do it myself. So I didn't necessarily get it because I was fearful. I did it. Uh, really, the the biggest reason was just to get one step closer to real life, one step closer to normal, one step closer to the life we had before this pandemic. But the other big reason why I got it was for my mother. My mother is over 65, uh, is not vaccinated. And as far as I know, Given our last conversation, she has no intentions of getting the vaccine. So if she's not going to get it, I certainly don't want to possibly carry it and give it to her. So I got it myself so that I can feel safe around my mother and know that if I have it and I'm asymptomatic or that sort of thing, I'm not going to give it to her. So uh, as I said before, I was kind of leery of going to a mass vaccination site and walking up and just getting whatever they give you. But of course, you know, within days of that episode airing, I got an email from Advent Health, which is a hospital system operator here in Florida, uh, offering me an appointment to get the vaccine. So I made the appointment with Advent Health. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the Seventh-day Adventists probably are not going to inject me with the mark of the beast. So I figured I'd take a chance and go with Advent Health. And of course, uh, they're vaccinating folks at a mass vaccination site. Uh, outside of the airport here in Orlando. So while I felt good about having an appointment and knowing what vaccine I was going to get going in, in this case, the Pfizer, uh, of course I get there and it's a cattle call and you're herded over here and then you stand in line and then you go over here and you sit for a while with your clipboard as you fill things out. Then they, you know, then they call you into the next queue uh, and then they herd you into the room uh, or the tent rather, because this is all outside where all of the nurses are there administering the vaccine. As far as the shot itself, uh, it was relatively quick and painless. They give you a real quick what what felt like a Novocaine wipe kind of on the area where they're going to inject you. That way the, the needle doesn't sting you too bad. Um, and, of course, it was a quick stick. Then it was done. Uh, then they kind of herd you over to another tent where you uh, kind of hang out there and wait to see if you have any adverse reactions to the vaccine. Uh, and, of course, there are... Uh, Advent Health staff walking around with with phones with with a barcode on their phone, and then you scan that barcode. Uh, that sets your appointment for the next vaccine. So my next vaccine is actually going to be a week from today, in which I will get my second dose. So uh, I'm excited. Uh, I, I you know 
I'm excited to know that I'm 91% protected against the worst that this virus has to offer. Uh, I will admit I'm kind of breathing a little bit easier walking around knowing that I have something in my system. I'll feel a lot better a few weeks after my last dose. Uh, and of course, you know, what's the latest headline this week? The uh, CEO of Pfizer has said that there will likely be a third shot required to be uh, completely protected from this. And the reason is this, you know, the emergency use authorization that was granted by the FDA. Uh, we just don't have enough time to know long term whether you will be protected from the vaccine or from the virus, rather, with the vaccine. So uh, Pfizer's kind of saying, hey, listen, you know, this could be like a flu shot and you may have to get this every year. Now, I know what you're thinking. Daryl, you've said before, you don't even get the flu shot. I don't get the flu shot because it's 40% effective. That's why I don't get the flu shot. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm vaccinated for other things. Uh, I just don't get a flu shot every year. And moving forward, I may not get, you know, the Pfizer booster next spring when they offered it to me. Uh, I may not. Who knows? I mean, you just don't know with this thing. So, you know, for me personally, I decided to err on the side of caution. I decided to uh, play it safe and 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 get vaccinated anyway. Uh, you know, if I start growing a tail in a few weeks, uh, you know, I may I may live to regret that. But for me, it was a fairly easy choice, and they certainly made it easy to do. You make your appointment, you show up when you're supposed to be there, they stick you, 15, 20 minutes later, you go home with an appointment for your last dose. And like I said, I feel a lot better. I feel safer. I feel more protected, breathing a little bit easier for sure. For sure. Uh, I just wish that I could convince my 67-year-old mother to take this seriously enough so that she'll get it. But that's going to be her choice. So uh, as for the rest of us, you know, we all want to get back to real life. And one of the uh, means to that end that has been suggested is a vaccine passport. Uh, some sort of documentation that proves that you have been vaccinated and you are not a risk to other folks. Uh, and, you know, as is the case with everything coronavirus related, uh, it's become politicized. And you've got some folks who support the idea of a vaccine passport, some who are against it. So to give us a better understanding of exactly what this vaccine passport is, what it means, what it does, uh, we're going to talk to a an experienced journalist, a business reporter who has worked for some of the biggest names in the business, Fox News Business, ABC News, Yahoo Business. Uh, her name is Shibani Joshi. She's uh, over on the West Coast, but Shibani is going to uh, give us an education on exactly what a vaccine passport is and how it works. Right. There's a lot of confusion about the terminology that's being used. Vaccine passport is not a government issue document in the same way that we get a passport to travel to a, a foreign country. It is just a streamlined way of digitizing our vaccine information in a streamlined form, the same way you get an airline boarding pass. Um, the basic details, your name, your seat number, um, flight details on your phone or even a, a, a movie theater ticket. Um, it is that same sort of technology that is being applied to our vaccine uh, vaccine information. Um, and you also have a solution. I mean, we all get 
a piece of paper verifying our information on the date that we get a vaccine, the date, the type of vaccine, the location. It is just digitizing that same information to streamline the process to make it easier for us to, quote unquote, return to normal. And if it's not a government issued form of identification, who basically oversees this and and organizes and, and basically takes care of this massive database? Yeah, so this is the confusion. Um, Nobody does, and yet uh, there's consortiums being formed um, related to technology. Right now, there is a consortium called the Vaccine Credential Initiative. It includes the biggest technology players out there, including names like Microsoft, and then healthcare providers, including uh, big names like the Mayo Clinic. There's over 200 different entities playing and working together because what you don't want to have is different uh, vaccine passports that have to be used at different locations. What they're trying to do is use the same technology, the same coding, um, the same user-generated code so that no matter what vaccine passport you have, you can take it anywhere. We think about it and we talk about it in the tech and sort of business space in in the way that we have credit cards, right? So you can get a credit card from Visa, MasterCard, American Express. You can get them from different banks and different entities out there. But that one credit card you have in your wallet can be used anywhere at a retailer, at a restaurant, And that is um, because of this backbone technology that is uh, agreed upon um, across the board. And that is the same thing that is trying to uh, develop within the vaccine credential uh, community. And what's the difference between this passport or just providing a business or a port of call if you're traveling or an airline uh, with your CDC vaccination card? In theory, there is no difference. Um, you know, there are people that don't have access to a cell phone for children, for example, and, and, and uh, different communities, they don't have access to a cell phone. And so the equity issue is a big one when it comes to the vaccine passport. And so um, what is uh, being discussed is being able to take that piece of paper wherever you go. Laminating it is uh, something that people are suggesting uh, to keep it around with you in your back pocket. Um, but if you ever lose it, you can always go back to your healthcare provider to get that backup data. The issue with that piece of paper is one, it is, uh, you can lose it, it can get destroyed, it's inconvenient. And then the other one is, is that um, it can be duplicated, it can be um, hacked, if for lack of a better word. And so the digitization and, and putting it on your phone and, and securing it keeps it safe, keeps it encrypted, and then prevents it from, uh, from fraudulent um, copying, which is uh, becoming an increasing issue. And, and like everything connected to the COVID-19 pandemic, the issue of vaccine passports has become politicized. And you've got folks kind of uh, drawing a line in the sand, taking their positions, if you will, among them. Uh, our very own governor here in Florida, Ron DeSantis, who has basically taken executive action at the state level and saying uh, we are not going to allow vaccine passports in the country to uh, civil libertarians and folks who are concerned about uh, privacy issues and that sort of thing. How do you address their concerns? Uh, You know, I I, uh, do not operate in the political sphere. I'm a business person, but I do understand that because we are uh, the the Biden administration has said that they are not going to mandate a national vaccine passport. um, What we are seeing unfold are different policies, as you mentioned, in Florida, very different than what is happening where I am in California, which is different than what's happening in Texas and New York. It is these differences 
that make um, it more um, critical for a vaccine passport being digitized um, across the nation, across the globe, to allow us to, whenever we, if we want to fly to a different state and go for a meal at a restaurant, if we want to go on vacation, go on a cruise, fly, uh, you know, on a summer, on an international trip, the digitization allows us to be able to ebb and flow with the different requirements that every state and every nation is developing right now. And to the folks who say this is tantamount to the mark of the beast, what do you say to them? I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think that, you know, what um, the legal experts that I have been reading and I have been exploring say that this is similar to no shoes, no shirt, no service. We always have a choice if a restaurant is requiring you to uh, scan in um, and, and prove vaccination. You have the choice to either, you know, sort of comply or you have the ability to go somewhere else to have your meal. And, and that is what the legal experts are saying out there when it, when it comes to these requirements. And does it seem to you like this could maybe set the stage for just a, a, an all-out legal onslaught uh, in support and against this? I mean, it just seems like it would kind of, you know, as you said, it's the same thing as, as showing your CDC card. Uh, I just feel like this creates a, a possibility for all kinds of legal challenges. Uh, you know, I'm not sure about that. You know, we have been dealing with vaccine passports for a very long time. When you enroll a child into school, you have to show some proof of vaccination. Now, every state has different mandates and requirements when they do that. But for us to get riled up thinking that, oh, this is a brand new thing. Actually, it is not. We have been doing this for a very long time in colleges in, in uh, to enroll children into school, even in um, parts of the military. If you want to travel to certain parts or certain geographies of the world, you have to show vaccination for certain diseases um, as well. So for us to think that this is a brand new thing is, is false. It is just the fact that it is um, much more prevalent in our lives and, you know, uh, uh, an access and admission to certain events and restaurants. Obviously, it is taking on new form. Um, but there are other things that we have a choice with. We can show a negative COVID test, a vaccine passport. Um, the passport could show and hold data related to that. You can always quarantine. Um, and that is what I think um, one of the biggest challenges is, is that not everybody can get the vaccine because of health restrictions and, and, other, and personal choice. So what is the option that will allow everybody equally to return to normal. So humor me here, Shibani. Read the tea leaves, if you will. How do you see this working out? Do you think they will actually establish a nationwide database, uh, i.e. A, a, a vaccine passport, or do you think this gets uh, going to kind of kick down at the state level and, and then, you know, local governments have to figure it out? You know, again, I'm not I don't play in this political space. Uh, I am a business and tech person. And what I am reading right now is that what what the Biden administration has said, they do not want to be in the business of creating this national vaccine initiative. They are leaving it up to the states. And that is what the business community, the tech community is going off of is, is what the current legislation and what every state is um, dictating and mandating. And business is responding to that. So let's say, uh, you know, the private sector steps up in the absence of government regulation. What does that look like, implementation of this? Um, that's what's happening right now. Again, we're creating these uh, voluntary uh, consortiums, this vaccine credential initiative with companies like Oracle and Microsoft, IBM, Mayo Clinic, all coming together to generate the same 
streamline technology so that we don't have to um, have a million different vaccine passports. There are 17 different companies out there creating the vaccine passports. We as consumers do not have the ability to choose which vaccine passport we get. It is entirely determined by the healthcare provider that you receive your vaccination from. And think about this. We're already digitizing and giving our health information, many of us, to our healthcare providers. They have portals. They have a way to secure and uh, share information within their healthcare systems. What they're doing is just creating a new silo uh, to allow Uh, these credentials of basic information. It is not our entire medical record. It is just uh, maybe our name, the date of our vaccination, the type of vaccination, the location of our vaccination, which makes it easier if you want to get a booster. If you end up moving from your town, all of that information is on your phone, uh, making it a lot easier um, for follow-up. I still feel like the three by five card that they give you from the CDC uh, really should suffice. I mean, if you can provide that documentation that says, hey, look, I got this vaccine on this dose, got the booster on this dose, I'm good. Uh, To me, I feel like that should be documentation enough. But who knows? There may be a national database, a vaccine passport, if you will. Uh, It just kind of remains to be seen how that works out. The question for you is, are you going to get vaccinated? And if so, would you yourself register in a database? Uh, I can tell you I had an option to do that, and I basically balked on it. I had somebody come to my door. Uh, They looked like volunteers. They were wearing some sort of a state agency T-shirt asking me if I had received my COVID-19 vaccination. And, uh, you know, I guess I was leaning a little more libertarian on that day. And I said, you know what? I'd rather not answer. So I just declined to uh, give any information on that. So... Who knows? I, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they were with uh, a state agency, but who knows? But either way, I decided not to tell those folks that I've been vaccinated. But like I said, you know, if I want to take a cruise this summer and, and, and Carnival Cruise Line or, or Norwegian Cruise Line or, or whatever cruise line, you know, says, hey, listen, you either have to have a, a negative COVID test result or you need to prove that you've been vaccinated. I have my card and I'm happy to provide that. So for me, I don't necessarily feel the need to get a vaccine passport, quote unquote, but that decision is up to you as to whether or not you want to do it. And for now, it's not mandated by anybody, uh, but it could be soon. So make the decision that you think is best for you and your family. So that wraps up our latest episode of Not in the Mood. I thank you for joining us as always. Uh, Whether you're listening on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, whatever, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. That way you are the very first to know when we post new episodes. Uh, If you're listening in the WDBO app, I thank you as always. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness.